When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Well, that assertion that the president made at the State of the Union address while the Democrats sat on their hands and glared at him is about to be put to the test because socialism is, in fact, on the ballot this November as the Democrats have converted old centrist Joe Biden into their new standard bearer for the woke Democrat Party. To discuss this, we're joined now by Joel B. Pollack, senior editor-at-large for Breitbart News and author of six books, including his latest and greatest, Red November, Will the Country Vote Red for Trump or Red for Socialism? Joel, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Latest and greatest. I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, man, it was a great book. No, this was a great book. I I read it over the weekend. Uh, I, I actually read about half of it and listened to the other half. Great narration by oh, cool. uh, Les, Les Con- Conway, Conry, Conry. Uh, yeah, he's very good. Did a fantastic job. But the thing I really love about this book is, you know, we've been suffering from a, a, a frantic news cycle uh, in the era of Trump and this uh, Democrat resistance. And your book sort of uh, lays it out, makes sense of it, does a, a deep analysis, but uh, very easy read. And uh, I'm going to get the hardcover because this is uh, something that you're going to need to have in your collection to uh, to make sense of all of this. So- well, thank you. I, I, that's what I intended. It, you know, like when I my favorite books are the kind of books you can pick up years from now or years after they're written, and they just make sense and they they bring you something new every time you pick them up. And so I intended that this book to be that kind of a look at our present era, almost as if looking back at it through history. I read a lot of these conservative books, and a lot of times they uh, rely on hyperbole and uh, exaggeration to make the point. But, you know, in this era, uh, the the truth is actually stranger than fiction. And the, under, <laughs> sure is. the understated way that you presented everything uh, just really drove home the point. So, I mean, I can't recommend the book enough. 
So I guess I just start by uh, asking you to uh, to give us a broad overview of how you think the Democrats have transformed their party into a a, a far less social, a far left socialist uh, organization, and how you think that they are going to uh, convert old centrist Joe Biden into their new standard bearer. Well, let's start with the second half of that. I mean, Joe Biden has. He's not really even been a centrist. I mean, when he started his campaign, he was asked by reporters, are you a moderate? And he said, no, I'm not a moderate. I wish they'd called me a moderate. It would have been easier to win re-election in Delaware as a moderate. I, I've been a liberal, but you can't call yourself a liberal anymore because liberal is socialist. So I've just been a Obama-Biden Obama Democrat. That's what he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing only slightly. And what he meant was he's just always been where the party goes. He's been a climber within the Democratic Party. Wherever the leadership of the party has wanted to go, he's gone. And he's a little bit of an iconoclast, so he's tried little ways to get around, maybe taken advantage politically, but he's basically stayed within the mainstream of the Democratic Party. But the Joe Biden we're seeing today is not the same character of the last half century, and that's how long he's been in politics, 48 years. Joe Biden of today is basically being managed by his own campaign, and he barely emerges from his basement in Wilmington. He had never won a primary contest before South Carolina, but the party establishment decided that he had to be the candidate. Now, they did that while overcoming Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders had built up a huge movement. He had strung together a series of victories, the first candidate ever to go one, two, three in the first primary contest. But... Bernie Sanders could not be the nominee for the Democratic establishment. They did not want to give up control to somebody who wasn't even a Democrat. Remember, Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. He's an independent. He's a socialist. He's never been part of the party. And they don't want to give power to somebody who's never had to do anything for the party and who has no favors he owes to anybody, and they don't control him. So they move him aside after South Carolina. They all give up their campaigns. They come behind Joe Biden. And then they have a problem because Bernie Sanders, even though he's a socialist and outside the party, represents the party's base. That's where the voters of the party are. And so in order to win that base, to get them excited to come out for Joe Biden, who nobody was really excited for, Joe Biden and the party have had to move left on policy. They're prepared to do that because they can always move back to the center after the election, or maybe they can just hang on to power. I'm not even sure they care as much what the policies are. They just want the power. And so they're happy to go along with what Joe Biden is now calling. I mean, this is, this is not a centrist at all. He's now calling revolutionary institutional changes. They're happy to go along with that as long as they can be the ones in control. Well, they call themselves progressives, and I hate the fact that the um, Republicans and the right have taken up that term and, and use it. It, uh, it is anything but progressive when they've adopted uh, the policies of socialism and Marxism that uh, are responsible for more death and repression and poverty than any other ideology in our history. And I think it's uh, right. very telling that AOC and the squad have kind of become the ideological thought leaders for the Democrat Party. And that was clearly illustrated when you wrote about in your book that uh, a lot of these old line centrist Democrats like uh, John Delaney and Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper were actually booed off the stage at many of these uh, state conventions. Yeah, Delaney and Hickenlooper went to the California Democratic Convention, and when they tried to tell people that socialism doesn't work, that's literally what happened. They got booed off the stage. Now, you might think, well, that's just California. But actually, California isn't even 
by some measures, the most radical place in the union. I mean, Gavin Newsom, who's a, a left-wing governor, as far left as they come in some ways, he, he was the first mayor when he was mayor of San Francisco to legalize gay marriage, so he's pretty left. He canceled the high-speed rail program that Obama and Biden had started, and he said at the beginning of his term as governor, you know, we just can't afford this. It's going to take too long. Cost too much, take too long, all kinds of problems with it. Well, guess what Biden's running on? He's running on it again. I mean, <laughs> Biden is running on a promise to build high-speed rail. He called it the second generation of railroads. It's a form of transportation nobody wants to use anymore because of coronavirus, right? You don't want to be stuck on a crowded public transport system with a bunch of people who might be sick. And they also tried it. None of that high-speed rail got built. I mean, anywhere in the country. Obama and Biden tried to push it out the door with a lot of federal money. And we haven't yet seen one high-speed rail system come online. So that was only that was only a, a, a segment of rail between Los Angeles and Sacramento, which I think is less than 300 miles. And despite you know the Obama administration throwing hundreds of billions of dollars at California to get it built, uh, they couldn't get past their own regulatory red tape to uh, to get it off the ground. Well, there's all kinds of other problems, right? So there's the right of way. You have to get private farmers and other landowners to give up their property rights to build this railroad. Then there are the problems once you get to the cities. You know, they were stringing this railroad in the rural areas, but once you get into the cities, you can't go as fast because the residents complain about the noise and the danger, so you have to slow down. Now you're not going that fast anymore. You know, they advertised this train as going between San Francisco and L.A. in less than three hours, but then once they started adding up all the slow stretches, it started to go more than three hours and even four hours, who knows. And when you look at the cost of an air ticket on Southwest Airlines, if you have to go from one city to another, some days that ticket is, you know, under $50. Why would you pay $200, which is, I think, the estimated subsidized cost of a rail ticket, why would you pay $200 to take four or five hours to get somewhere that takes one hour in an airplane and costs 50 bucks? I think old Joe so Biden's they, just they, trying to throw this as a sop to uh, organized labor that he claims to be uh, one of his you know, core constituencies. Uh, having been an old union uh, president myself, I can tell you that the rank and file is, uh, hasn't been voting Democrat for some time ever since uh, the Democrats threw them overboard. What, what, kind of union, what kind of union were you president of? I was state president in Georgia for the firefighters and uh, president for the city of Atlanta firefighters as well. The IAFF, the big backer of Joe Biden, the, the, uh, the ones that are really getting them off the ground. And I can tell you a lot of those... Uh, those guys you see standing out in uh, firefighters for Joe Biden's shirt are not, in fact, firefighters. They're uh, they're just campaign operatives putting the shirts on. <laughs> it's interesting because I did see the firefighters at various Biden events along the way. You know, it's it's interesting. He has some union support, but as you mentioned, I think there are a lot of union workers who are concerned. Of course, the police unions are concerned about a Democratic victory. And then you've got a situation in a lot of these Midwestern states that have union labor that's connected to the fossil fuel industry, where a lot of the union workers are doing quite well, or were at least until recently, because of the expansion of fracking and shale oil and all of that. And Democrats want to cancel all that. The Democrats want to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. Joe Biden said he'll cancel it on his first day in office. Well, they were can they were canceling jobs. it quite successfully under the Obama administration. And, of course, Hillary Clinton promised to keep all of the fossil fuel in this country in the ground, which would just leave us at the mercy of, uh, you know, the, uh, the foreign markets uh, buying oil from uh, regimes that uh, have expressed their hatred for America. No, I, I think uh, working people 
have have gotten the clue. The question is whether or not there's going to be enough of them in those upper Midwest swing, swing states to uh, to carry the day. Well, we will see. I will say this. We've never had an election in circumstances as tough as this before, unless you include, you know, the Second World War or maybe the Great Depression. But we are hit by a number of challenges at once, none of which I think any president could have prevented. Or none of which and, I think are by accident. Yeah, they might not be accidental. Well, I tell you one thing that's deliberate. The Democrats and the media deliberately made it harder for the Trump administration to handle this crisis or these crises because they committed from the outset that they were not going to help Trump. And I've, you know, you can see that publicly, but I've also spoken privately to people and I do have some friends on the other side and they said, Oh yeah, we're definitely not going to help at all. We think in fact that people should not listen to the president people shouldn't do what he says. So they were deliberately trying to undermine him. Well, far from uh, helping you detail in your book, how, as soon as the president came out with a plan and started getting some traction, you know, to unite the country, uh, Bernie and, and Joe Biden and all of the other uh, high-level Democrats uh, came out and um, declared that he was illegitimate and, uh, and should not, you know, be leading the nation during this crisis. You're exactly right. You really did read the book. Yes, <laughs> I write about that, how right after Trump gave his Oval Office speech, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders came out the next day with speeches instead of offering their support to the president in a time of crisis, which would have been smart politically because the country was in a mood for unity. People were afraid. They came out and they attacked the president. And I thought they missed a huge opportunity there. Nancy Pelosi gave a speech nationwide televised the next day, and she didn't even mention the president. It was as if he didn't exist. And I think that attitude might prove the Democrats undoing. I wouldn't pay too much attention to polls right now. We don't know how this thing's going to turn out. I do know that nobody's ever run as radical a campaign as Joe Biden, and nobody's ever run against the country in the way Democrats are doing and won. You know, when FDR ran, even when Barack Obama ran during a moment of crisis, they presented themselves as within the mainstream. Obama was very careful about that. You know, before he was the nominee, he got away with saying things like he wouldn't wear a flag pin and he wouldn't. There was a famous picture of him not putting his hand on his heart during the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem. You know, he wanted to be all woke and left-wing and skeptical about the country. But he put all that stuff away when it came to the general election. He knew he had to shape up. He knew he had to convince Americans that he was within the mainstream, otherwise they wouldn't vote for him. We don't see Joe Biden doing that. Maybe he thinks he can ride on his reputation of 50 years. But right now, he's moving further and further to the left. And no one's ever done that in this country and won. No one's ever done what he's trying to do to call the country racist, which he literally did. He said that his goal is to rip out the roots of systemic racism in America, which is a meaningless phrase except to say that it hates America. Said that on 4th of July. Nobody ever runs on that platform and wins. Yeah, yeah, nobody understands it. Nobody runs on that platform and wins. So I I think people should just be careful of these polls. I think a lot of people aren't telling pollsters what they really intend to do. Well, having commissioned many polls myself, I can tell you they're expensive, and uh, and you don't pay a pollster to deliver bad news to you. At the very least, they're going to have uh, tabs in there available that they can spin the results in your favor. Um, and and I, I don't think we can trust these polls. We have seen uh, the media and bond rating agencies and everybody else totally corrupted in this uh, resistance fever, and, uh, and I'm not going to believe the polls and <laughs> until the one on November 3rd that we may not get the results of for weeks and weeks if the Democrats get their mail-in voting schemes enacted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think 
we're going to see a lot more happen, a lot of ups and downs in this election before it's over. And really, in some ways, it's just getting started. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit. And we, we, we covered the coronavirus. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is a hoax, but I can tell you that the Democrats have weaponized it. And uh, and that's very evident. But this issue of law and order that uh, the last time we saw this level of unrest in our streets was uh, back in the late 60s. And uh, and Richard Nixon rode that unrest and the, the public rejection of uh, of that unrest right into the White House. What effect do you think? all of this lawlessness in these Democrat cities across the country is going to have on the election? Well, I think it's going to be very harmful for Democrats because what Trump is saying, and I think correctly, is that if you want more of what you're seeing in Democrat cities, you just elect more Democrats and you get more of that. And there's no real pushback against it from the Biden campaign. There's no pushback against it from other Democrats. Nobody's really criticizing the riots. Nobody's criticizing the taking down of statues. So that message is sticking. Trump is branding the Democratic Party because they're branding themselves. And I do think it's going to hurt. That's one of the interesting things. You know, you talk about polls and we can't really trust them, but even with polls that are looking bad for the president, you have a lot of polls that are looking good for Republicans in the House, where there are a lot of House races that are very competitive. You know, and even in the middle of coronavirus, we had a Republican pick up a seat here in California, of all places. I think it was the first time in 22 years that a Republican had flipped a Democratic seat in California. So there's a lot of discontent right now, and the Democrats are making it worse for themselves by failing to control the cities, failing to show that they can govern. And I think for a lot of suburban voters, that's going to be a deal breaker. I was just stunned to see Nancy Pelosi come out calling federal law enforcement officers that were responding to protect federal facilities in Portland, calling them stormtroopers and accusing them of uh, kidnapping people in the middle of the night and such things. I know Joe Biden has, has kept quiet, but. You know, if this guy's going to be president of the United States, he's got a responsibility to uh, to condemn this lawlessness. And I wonder, you know, maybe I'm disconnected, uh, you know, having been uh, from a, uh, earlier generations. But I just can't imagine that the, the majorities in these uh, these states like Minnesota and Washington and Oregon are going to uh, are, are going to vote for more of this. Yeah, I don't think they will vote for more of it. I think that you may see some surprising pickups in some states for President Trump. Uh, he's definitely going to be competitive in Minnesota. He almost won Minnesota last time. But there are some states where I think people are shifting against this. And you're right, calling federal law enforcement stormtroopers and Gestapo is just really disgusting. Um, it tells you how out of touch with the country Democratic leadership are. They're not being punished for it by the media. The media basically protect Democrats from the consequences of things that they say and do. But people do notice, and some of it does filter through. You know, if I was on the Trump campaign, I would take that conclusion to your book, and I would turn it into a, uh, a 20- or 30-minute infomercial. I'd have either you or Les, uh, you know, narrate that, and I would I would put it on because it just distills all of the events for the last three years and the rise of the resistance down into uh, perspective in the run-up to this election, and uh, I, I just, oh, yeah. I just can't thank you enough for this book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the hardcover and uh, and uh, put it uh, on the shelf with the keepers along uh, alongside Pat Buchanan and uh, and many of the others that uh, that uh, led us, uh, you know, to the America First agenda that we're uh, that we're in today. 
Well, thank you. I really appreciate you. That's very kind of you to say. And you know what? The, the greatest reward for me is that you enjoyed it so much. That's why I wrote it, that people would enjoy it, learn from it, obviously. And there are some very serious issues, but you're also trying to make something that will stand the test of time. And I really appreciate that you enjoyed it so much. Well, it is, in fact, uh, going to uh, stand the test of time. So uh, you've also got a Sunday evening uh, podcast or news show on uh, Sirius XM. Uh, what do you got on store for uh, the coming week? You got any guests you'd like to plug? Well, it's interesting. You know, what I try to do on that show, you know, Breitbart has a morning show and an evening show, so we have a lot of news shows. And I'm in charge of the Sunday night lineup. But what I usually try to do is look ahead to the future. So I think you've got Congress coming back. We have to look at a new debate over a new relief package. That'll be interesting. But even more interesting, President Trump is hinting he might drop some new policies on immigration and health care. You know, more than 5 million Americans have lost health insurance because they lost their jobs during this pandemic. So obviously there's going to be a very in, a strong interest from the public in, in seeing new health proposals. And I think people want an alternative to what the Democrats are offering, which is just more government. Trump is going to come out with something. So I think that could be quite interesting and, and may change the nature of the debate in the race. So I think that's something to look forward to in the next week or 10 days. Yeah, the hour is growing late, and uh, and the, the health care, I think, is the biggest vulnerability that the Republicans are going to face in this upcoming election. Yes, that's true. So he, I think he knows that, and the fact that he's trying to do something about it is a, is a good sign because it shows you he's engaged with the issue. Joel B. Pollack, senior editor-at-large of Breitbart News, author of six books, including his latest, Red November, Will the Country Vote Red for Trump or Red for Socialism? Joel, thanks for coming on. I hope you come back and join us again. Thank you. I would love that. No one likes to think about disasters or what could happen to you or your family if you find yourself in the middle of one. Look around you. Don't you wish that uh, maybe a few months ago you had gone to preparewithmojo50.com and picked up an emergency food supply? The reason is not that you're panicked. The reason is that you want to be ready for anything. Look what happened at the grocery stores in the last few weeks. There are others out there who tend to lose their minds when things aren't normal. You, however are smart. You know how to do things the right way. You know how to be prepared. You know how to take care of your family and it shows. I mean, you listen to Mojo 5.0. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find a special deal for you as a Mojo listener on a food supply, an emergency food supply that will ensure that you have enough food for you and your family for months or however long you decide you need the supply for. It really is a great deal and it's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com Prepare with Mojo50.com. That'll take you to Patriot Food Supply, and you'll get a special deal for our listeners. $100 off of your four-week emergency food supply. Go to Prepare with Mojo50.com today. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. 
Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Man, you got to get that book. I'm not joking. I'm not just, you know, pumping this up. This is the best uh, retelling of what happened during this uh, era of the Trump resistance that you will find. And I just can't recommend it enough. So they're talking about who's going to be old Joe Biden's vice presidential running mate, which is to say is actual, uh, the actual person running this country because old Joe Biden is far past the point that, uh, he is going to be able to, to do that. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk lately of Elizabeth Warren, uh, stepping up. Yeah. Focahontas is, uh, is, uh, coming back off the bench. I'm not sure she has a lot of, um, you know, real structural advantages for Joe Biden. She's from Massachusetts. That's going to vote Democrat no matter what. She's thoroughly discredited with her identity politics uh, scam, representing herself as an Indian in order to take advantage of hiring and uh, and uh, school appointments. But um, you know, if they want to, if they want to bring old Ruth Buzzy in uh, to lecture America, I guess you know. We could do worse. They're also uh, talking about uh, Kamala Harris, who, <laughs> oh my God, have you seen her facelift? She was on um, on MSNBC over the weekend with uh, Al Sharpton, who you always have to remember is a, a racial huckster that incited riots in New York City that resulted in people's death. But uh, she's got a whole new face. <laughs> And it is not working out. I don't know, you know, if she's uh, just off of this and uh, rushed to get on TV uh, responding to the death of uh, John Lewis. But, um, man, she looks like the Joker. She's got her face pulled tight into a, uh, a, a constant grin. She can barely open her eyes. It is something to see. But if Elizabeth Warren is going to be the vice presidential candidate, She's got a, a major issue to overcome, and that is her steadfast opposition to school choice. And the school choice movement is uh, very popular among uh, the Democrat constituency of black voters. Uh, they want out of public schools because public schools have failed them so badly. Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a tool of the teachers' unions, has uh, come out of uh, against school choice in spite of the fact that she sent her own children to private schools. When Senator Elizabeth Warren delivered a speech at a campaign event in Atlanta last November, charter school supporters showed up to make their voices heard. Sarah Carpenter, a grandmother and school choice activist who had traveled six hours from Memphis to attend the event, confronted Warren backstage. Because I read that your children went to private school. Why aren't you going to public school? That clip went viral because Warren wasn't telling the truth. Three weeks earlier, an education researcher named Corey DeAngelis had discovered through online sleuthing that her son Alex Warren, now 43, had attended Kirby Hall in a... Kirby Hall, um, probably a $40,000 private school. They, all of these uh, these uh, elite Democrat leaders send their kids to private schools while at the same time denying charter school education 
to everybody else. It's just a, another in the long line of hypocrisies that they are perpetrating on everybody else. Well, I have uh, I've withheld comment over this Twitter hack that happened over the weekend. I guess it was uh, last Thursday that it really hit, and it knocked all of these um, almost exclusively uh, left-wing and Democrat uh, blue check mark Twitter handles off of the platform. They had uh, Obama and Joe Biden's accounts hacked. They had a lot of these left-wing celebrities' accounts hacked. Twitter took them down uh, and uh, didn't allow any tweets from their their accounts for almost 48 hours. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to make sense of this. And I know that uh, as a result of, you know, the ex- exposés that were conducted by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, that Twitter, in fact, is manipulating its algorithm, shadow banning conservatives and uh, doing its best to suppress any support for Trump or the America first agenda. And I wondered what was going on. And I've, I've got a theory. I think this was a dry run. I think that Twitter is, uh, is, you know, putting themselves in a position to uh, censor Donald Trump in the run up to the election uh, by saying, well, it's just another hack. We, uh, we lost control of the platform and Donald Trump wasn't able to respond to these Democrat attacks as he has been. And that's why I just encourage you to don't count on Twitter alone for your uh, your news and information. You need to go on over there to Parler and establish yourself an, an account so that if and when Jack Dorsey decides he's going to bring the hammer down, you'll be ready. very telling that uh, they they targeted just left-wingers in this latest attack. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.